0: From the Cyber Hub Bunker in Studio, you're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, security gang, and welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. It's Monday, April 24th, 2023. To everyone traveling and starting their morning at RSA, good morning. And thank you all for tuning in at 6 a.m. in California. So if you're awake right now. You're either on your way to set up your booth, and so you're tuning in for that, or you're on the West Coast, or I'm still in Israel, so it's 4 p.m. here, um, and in a beautiful day, just lovely weather, the ocean's right behind me, I hope you can see that, I don't want to rub that in your nose, but the ocean's right behind me, and it is magnificent, spend the morning on the beach with my little one, and can't complain. Now, we've got a packed show this morning, a lot of things to talk about as we get ready to kick off RSA with a lot of the buzzwords, on Friday, I dropped a brand new episode, one of the episodes I recorded when I was here in Israel with my good friend Demi Ben-Ari, the co-founder and CTO and had of secured over at Panorays. We talked about generative AI, the cyber risks, the human risks, and really what's the balance. And I hope you all tune in, catch the episode, a really, really fun conversation with my good buddy Demi. And really, when Demi and I get in a room together, we we, we just... Go at it. We could have done a three-hour episode. Literally, we could have. All right. Without further ado, join me for a coffee cup cheers. My double espresso coffee cup cheers here. Cyberhubpodcast.com. Find all the latest. We'll kick off with critical infrastructure also being hit by the supply chain attack behind the 3CX breach. The X-Trade software supply chain attack that led to last month's 3CX breach has also, has also impacted at least several critical infrastructure organizations in the United States and Europe, according to Semantic. The North Korean backed uh, threat group is linked to trading technologies and 3CX uh, attacks. Used a Trojanized installer for XTrader software to deploy the vile signal multi stage modular backdoor onto the victim system. Once installed, the malware could execute a malicious shellcode or inject a communication module into Chrome, Fox, or Edge processes running on compromised systems. The, in addition to this, two other organizations involved in financial trading were also. Hit, but this also impacted two critical infrastructure organizations in the ener- energy sector, one in the US and the other in Europe. Um, it's very likely that the strategic organi- organizations' compromised as part of the supply chain attack will also be singled out for subsequent exploitation. Um, This attack has obviously been very, very wide-ranging on North Korea, and we'll get to North Korea at the end of the episode, a lot more there. The cascading attack itself is being attributed to UNC-4736. That's the Lazarus group in North Korea, and we'll talk about, again, the North Koreans here towards the end of the show. Ghost token GCP flaw lets attackers backdoor into Google accounts and gain actual persistence. Uh, Our friends over at Asterix Security Discovered Ghost Token, the Israeli cybersecurity startup that found and reported it to Google in June of last year. The security flaw was addressed through a global patch that was rolled out in April of this year after being authorized and linked to an OAuth token that gives it access to the Google account malicious apps could be made invisible by attackers after exploiting the vulnerability that would hide the app from Google's application management page, the only place where Google users can manage apps and connect to their accounts. According to Asterix, since this is the only place Google users can see their applications and revoke their access, the exploit makes the malicious apps unremovable from the Google account. The attacker, on the other hand, as they please, can unhide their application, use the token to access the victim account, to quickly hide the application again to restore its unremovable state. In other words, the attacker holds a ghost token to the victim's account to hide the malicious apps authorized by the victims. Attackers only had to make them enter a pending deletion state by deleting the linked GCP project. However, after restoring the project that would be provided with a refresh token that made it possible to retrieve a new access token that could be used to gain access to the victim's data. This has now been patched by Google, but a job well done by the folks over at Asterix um, in a really world-class find. Excuse me, my voice, my allergies are acting up here a little bit. A new all-in-one evil ex- uh, extractor stealer for Windows system is being sold on the dark web. The new all in one stealer malware named Evil Extractor, also spelled Evil Extractors, is being marketed for sale for online threat actors to steal data and files from Windows systems and includes several modules that are all work via an FTP service, according to Fortinet FortiGuard's lab researcher, Carolyn. It also contains environments checking an anti VM function. Its primary purpose seems to be to steal browser data and information from compromised endpoints and upload it to an attacker's FTP server. The network security company said it observed a surge in attacks spreading the malware in uh, in the wild in March of this year, with the mar- majority of the victims located in Europe and the U.S., while marketed as an educational tool, the evil excavator, has been adopted by threat actors for use as an information stealer it's sold by an actor code named codex on cybercrime forums like cracked since last year uh, in october it's continually updated and packs its various modules to siphon system metadata passwords and cookies from various web browsers as well as record keystrokes and even act as ransomware by encrypting files on the target systems this is a New kind of incident here, and there's a whole bunch of variations to it. I'm not going to get into the whole, all the details because we just have a lot of stories here to cover today, but definitely worth a read. And again, all of these, uh, all of the stories are available in the show notes. You can catch them after the show. GitHub now allows enabling private vulnerability reporting at scale. This new feature is the private vulnerability reporting that's now generally available and can be enabled at scales on all repositories belonging to the organizations. Once toggled on, security organization uh, researchers, sorry, can use this dedicated communications channel to privately disclose security issues to an open source project's maintainers without accidentally leaking vulnerability detail. This is a private collaboration channel that makes it easier for researchers and maintainers to report and fix vulnerabilities on public repositories, according to GitHub's Eric Tolley and Kate Caitlin. Uh, I'm sorry. Since its introduction as an opt-in feature in November of 2022. During the GitHub Universe Global Developer Event, maintainers for more than 30,000 organizations have enabled private vulnerability reporting on more than 180,000 repositories, receiving more than 1,000 submissions in that time period. Now it's being open for everyone. Private bugs could also be sent via a GitHub REST API using the parameters described on the documentation page, but it's really, really simple to do. The House committee got together and started looking at the D.C. health data breach. And now a top administrator with the Washington Health Insurance Exchange did apologize to House members on Wednesday for the data breach that resulted in the disclosure of PII for thousands of users, including members of Congress. According to Mila Kaufman, the executive director for the District of Columbia Health Benefit Exchange Authority, the leak was the result of a human error. This was told in a joint session joint session of two house oversight committees she said a server was incorrectly configured in mid of 2018 when they installed the internal communication program slack that faulty configuration allowed an unauthorized individual to access the server and steal two reports containing personal information of 56,415 current and past customers including members of congress their families and staff some of that information was later offered for sale In an online forum, the issue first came to public attention when members of the House of Representatives and the Senate were informed that they and their staffers may have been affected. Kaufman repeatedly apologized for the mistake. She praised the agency's reaction once the breach was discovered in early March, and she said outside experts and the FBI cybersecurity task force were brought in to quickly identify and shut down the security flaw, and those potentially impacted by the leak were immediately offered identity theft and credit, credit monitoring protection we will not fail in our response is what she told committee. Uh, the committee. Uh, Representative Nancy Mays, a Republican from South Carolina, praised the agency's reaction, telling from a crisis standpoint, the response was excellent. However, Mays took exception to what she called an unacceptable lack of detail on exactly who was responsible and whether that employer or contractor has been punished or fired. So there's some accountability uh, that's being sought, but very little of it will we ever see. Russian uh, attackers are suspected in an ongoing exploitation of an unpatched server here. The print management software PaperCut said it has evidence to suggest that the unpatched servers are being exploited in the wild. They're citing two vulnerability reports from Trend Micro. PaperCut has conducted analysis on all customer reports, and the earlier signatures of suspicious activity on a customer server potentially linked to this vulnerability is the 14th of April, Um the update comes as CISA added the Critical Flaw CV 2023 27350 with a CVSS score of 9.8 to its Kev catalog based on evidence of exploitation. Huntress, which found about 1,800 publicly exposed paper cut servers, said it observed PowerShell commands being spawned from paper cut software to install RMM software like Atera and Syncrio for persistent access and code execution of the infected host. Additional infrastructure analysis has revealed that domain uh, hosting the tools ServiceMeter.com, uh, was registered on 12 April. was also hosting malware like TrueBot, although the company did not directly detect the deployment of the downloader. TrueBot is being attributed to a Russian criminal entity known as Silence, which in turn has historical links to with EvilCore and its overlapping cluster TA-505, which is the CLOP ransomware group. The update is available. You need to update your paper cut and you need to go back and make sure no one's gained persistence to your environment. Finally, North Korea's Kimiski APT keeps growing despite public outing. Kim Jong-un's Swiss army knife continues to spread its tendrils around the world showing it's not intimidated as more people close in and they shouldn't be. North Korea is a sanctioned country. They've got nothing left to lose. And so why not continue to do this uh, activity? Uh, Comiskey is a government-aligned threat actor whose main name is espionage. It's in the fields of policy and nuclear weapon research. Its targets have spanned government, energy, pharmaceutical, and financial sectors, and more beyond that, mostly in countries that the DPRK considers arch-nemesis, arch-enemies, South Korea, Japan, and the U.S. Comiskey is not a new outfit. This has traced the group's activity all the way back to 2012. interspeaked last month, thanks to a report from Mandiant, and a Chrome extension-based campaign then led to a joint warning from German and Korean authorities. We reported it on it here as well. In a blog published uh, just a few days ago, VirusTotal highlighted a spike in malware lookups associated with Kamiski, as demonstrated in the graph below. M- many an APT has crumbled under increased scrutiny, but these guys just continue to plow on. So, what's going on with them? There's they've gone through many iteration and evolution, including an outright split into two subgroups. But the malware they've deployed over the years, however, is far less predictable. They've demonstrated equal capability with malicious browser extensions, remote access Trojan, modular spyware, and more. Some of it commercial, some not. In the blog post, VirusTotal highlighted the APT's propensity for delivering malware via .docx macros. In a few cases, though, the group utilized CVE-2017-01909 or a 7.8 high severity Arbitrary code execution vulnerabilities in Windows and Microsoft Office. The recent uptick in interest around uh, Comiskey Virus Total has revealed that most uploaded samples are coming from South Korea and the US. This tracks with the group's history and motives. However, it also has tendrils in countries uh, one might not immediately associate with North Korean politics, like Italy and Israel. Uh, for example, when it comes to lookups, individuals taking an interest in the samples, the second most volume comes from Turkey. This may suggest that Turkey is either a victim or a conduit for these attacks, how to defend against Comiskey uh, because it targets organizations across countries and sectors. So what they've been preaching ever according to Barnhart is strength in numbers with all these organizations around the world to talk to each other, collaborate, blah, blah. We get it, but we obviously, that's a bit harder done than said. It's important that we all have this baseline of don't click on links and use MFA. Wow, he's just given us, he's discovered America, folks. Um, you want to defend against these types of attacks. You've got to identify the IOCs, the TTPs, your SOC, your MDR, your XDR. Everything's got to match those signatures and those operations. You've got to be able to recognize how they move and you've got to know how they move. If you're on the target list, if you're a, a, uh, uh, within that pipeline, then you know to put an end to it. That's it for our show this morning. We'll be back with a whole lot more tomorrow as we wrap up our visit here in Israel. And what great content this Friday. I've got my good buddy Oded joining me from a talking about cryptography and key management. But you guys can understand it, like literally in layman terms. Unbelievable. You don't want to miss it. That's an episode dropping this Friday. Until then, have a great rest of your day. And most importantly, stay cyber safe.